What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Davis, and I am here with the full crew of Burn It All Down for exclusive hot take. Welcome. So if you were watching the U.S. Open this weekend and you tuned in to watch Naomi Osaka play her shiro, Serena Williams, you were probably expecting to be riveted by a match the second year in a row. We see two black women in the final. There's so many storylines going into this. What you might not have expected and what we were treated to was besides Naomi playing out of her mind, we were treated to Serena and the umpire Carlos Ramos getting into a a series of exchanges resulting first in a warning, then a discussion about coaching, then a point penalty, and eventually a game penalty called at a crucial moment in the match that really then overshadowed the rest of the event. At the end of the event, you might have seen pictures of Naomi in tears, Serena in tears. There's a lot going on here. And because there's so much going on and a lot to unpack and all of us have really strong feelings, we got the whole crew together to bring a hot take to you. So I'm literally opening it up. What, 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 what? Can can I start with the fact that Naomi Osaka fucking won that match? I mean... There was a lot of stuff that happened in the second set that could have thrown both players off of their game. And I just like, I just want to start from the fact that when everything really the game penalty, I guess, um, it was 4-3 in the second set. Naomi was up a set and she was up a break at that point. Then they get the game penalty. There's a lot of time spent between um, Serena and the chair. And then they brought out the ref. Uh, She actually called for the referee so she could make her point. Um, It was incredibly emotional. Serena is crying on court saying this is not fair. I mean, my heart's breaking just even thinking about it. And then then Naomi is up 5-3. Serena serves to 5-4 and then 20-year-old Naomi Osaka stands on the other side of the court and she serves the hell out of that match and wins that and wins the title of the US Open and I just wanted to start there cuz I feel like that's really going to get lost in a lot of the coverage of this and so I'm just starting there and then let like let's get into it. Um I have a precursor sort of thing. I have problems with anyone named Ramos apparently. So I'm just going to leave that there. <laughs> It's always got to be soccer thrown in. Even when it's tennis, there's got to be a tennis. way Shereen and I can work soccer. Work, work soccer. Can I just say really quickly how wonderful for me it was to see such a, and, and we talked today on episode 71, which will be out, about Naomi Osaka and what a composed and amazing job she did both during the match and after and how happy I was that it wasn't Maria Sharapova. Uh, with Serena or someone that would have like thrown my whole kind of heart in a different direction about it. 
I just think that picture of Serena where she tells the fans to stop booing and hugs Osaka is the picture of the year for sports for me. So can we start with the coaching violation? I was about to say, yeah. Because I think like this is really Patrick Moritoglu, Serena's coach, he he admitted... (laughs) So he admitted on camera to ESPN, I mean, he's a commentator for them, um, after it all ended, that he was coaching, but that everybody coaches, I mean, he moved his hands. He did this little thumbs up thing. He moved his hands. He was sitting in the second row. I don't, you know, maybe Serena saw it. I don't, who knows? Probably not. But like the idea of like Ramos called a coaching violation for that, which of course is against Moritoglu, but taken out on Serena because she's the one on court. And I mean, that's sort of, the place right like I it's so rare to see coaching violations in my but I don't know I wanted to hear sort of Lindsay like how how normal (laughs) is that especially in big matches like this especially for something that little hand gesture that he did I mean they happen it they don't never happen but there is an arbitrary nature to it I've seen you know, it's it's really tough to talk about any of this in absolutes, <laughs> which is, I think, right. one of the most right. difficult things, right? You can't look at it in a vacuum, but you also have direct comparisons for everything. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can find comparisons where uh, people have gotten coaching violations in big matches and where they haven't, <laughs> you know? So, you know, I do, I think it's silly. I think it's, it's really ridiculous. I also think Patrick... Uh, should have taken more of the blame there. And if he wanted to point out the coaching thing, she should have just gotten a soft warning, you know, so not like an official warning, right? a soft warning. But I also don't think she handled that super well. She took it incredibly personally, which I understand because Serena takes her reputation incredibly seriously. Serena has had such bad experiences on the U.S. Open stage with um umpires and with lines judges she often feels like she's being attacked when she's out there and especially when she's when her back is against the wall when she is down a set and playing a very good opponent as she was she gets you know she feels very vulnerable i'm not saying that's wrong i do though she did she 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 reacted a little like, oh, you know, she overreacted a little bit to this. Like, she took it incredibly personally and couldn't let it go. She took it as a as a accusation to her character when it was a warning for Patrick. And, you know, unfortunately, things spiraled from there. Like I said, I completely understand why she felt the way she did. I think, uh, and especially coming back from pregnancy, putting all this pressure on yourself to be the best. You're, you're down. You're the favorite. I mean, there's just... Being Serena carries so much weight (laughs) that I just can't imagine like going through the world with that much pressure on your shoulders. So I don't want anyone to think that I'm not saying that. But she she should have been able to in that moment kind of take a deep breath and let let that go. But but she could not. And then things spiraled from there. And then Carlos Ramos really went off the deep end. I don't think that she overreacted because I think that she had a emotional reaction. And I think that there's a way in which that she doesn't get to have that in the same way. And it's not just her. One of the things that was really telling to me, and you might have seen this clip, is Venus having a very similar exchange to Ramos um, about a year ago. And Venus's reaction and Venus as somebody who's a little more introverted, having, you know, 
a reaction in which she's saying, that's not me. That's not my character. I don't cheat. And Venus having this, literally having the same reaction really for me says that there's something in this fear of perception of cheating and in the insinuation and I thought when Serena first handled it in which she walked over and and she essentially was like you know that that's not a warning that's not a code I don't have code I don't take on court coaching like I know that you don't know that but I'm letting you know that he wasn't giving me a code like if my box is giving me thumbs up then like they're that they're just encouraging me but that's not coaching I never cheat twin I wouldn't do that and I think that was her initial response. And I definitely agree, Lynn's like when a, the frustration of the match plus all these things leads to a more emotional response. Yeah. But I think that that's valid. Like, I don't think that that emotion, I think that emotion is reacted to differently. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the game penalty was I'm saying more it was overreaction as in I wanted to see her let it go so she could get fully back in the match do you know what I mean like right. mentally yeah. as a champion I wanted to be able to see her brush that off the way she brushes off so many other things and that is much easier for me to say from the sidelines you know <laughs> but I could feel it taking over the match and I wanted you know for someone who just who wanted to see this go three sets and wanted to see this continue right. you know I just kind of wanted her to to take a deep breath. And I also, you know, the place that this gets tough is that we have seen, you know, uh, you know, I've definitely seen a dog get coaching violations before. I've seen him also not a lot of times. And that's, that's the tough thing about tennis. And that's where these umpires really have to figure out uh, what, you know, what they're going to do. Carlos Ramos is kind of known as being one of the only umpires who will, give these warnings to star players because a lot of times star players on both uh of both uh, tours uh don't get you know like get away with a lot more and so i think that you know i did see someone say you know a lot of times players aren't used to it and then you know it's bad it was just look it was a bad it was just so all of it was so unfortunate and it was just it was just so so sad and I mean you know like I said Serena's just been through so much and you know you you do see you hear all you know black women and other women of color who feel this especially black women and so you think this is you know this is something like like black women's emotions are policed in ways that it they're not for white women they're certainly not for men and so I think that you know you can't pretend that this isn't happening in that vacuum and that Serena's not feeling that the weight of all of that on the court as well. Yeah. And I, you know, I want to just mention two things. Um, A lot of people are going to tell us a lot about 2009 U S open where Serena had trouble um, in the semifinal with calls and then threatened the line judge. She was going to stuff a tennis ball down her throat, something like that. And people really like to bring that up with Serena. Uh, But the U S open 2004, the quarterfinals against Capriati, she had, horrible calls in the third set Serena did she ended up losing the match they actually apologized to her after the fact and the reason that we have video challenge in tennis now is point everyone points back directly to that match Mm -hmm. that she lost in 2004 as the reason that they seriously went ahead and implemented this so like Serena has 
been through it with this fucking sport, right? And she said something, I can't remember exactly, but just as I was watching it yesterday, she said something something in the middle of all of it about like how this keeps happening to me here. So she was thinking about all those things. And then the other thing, the big game penalty um, when it was 4-3 and then put Osaka up 5-3 at the end of the fucking match, like Ramos inserting himself into the match like that at such a critical moment. I do think there was a lot of ego involved in that decision. Um, Mm -hmm. Sally Jenkins has a column. I can't believe she wrote it under deadline Um, the way she did, Uh, you know, and basically the worst thing that Serena did was call him a liar and a thief. And there is a great thread that's going around of like all the things that tennis players yell at chair umpires all the time um, that don't result in such harsh penalties, especially at the moment when it did. Like it does matter that it was the U.S. Open final. It does matter that it was 4-3 in the match Osaka had right. just broken. It like making that decision then all of this stuff is so subjective and I just that was such a shitty, shitty move <laughs> at that moment in time right. for the chair to make. And the thing that one of the things you raised about that was Serena's kind of continued disbelief. I can't believe I keep treating like that. It's hard to think of another person who's done as much for their sport, right? Right. Not, like, still not getting, not the benefit of the doubt, but, like, it, it's weird, right, to me. Like, I think about Tom Brady's, you know, kind of rapport with refs, right? I think about... Um, what it would look like with LeBron in in the NBA, right? There's awareness around who are the people who have done so much for this sport. Who is the ambassador for this sport? And it just seems like she's still fighting, and Venus are still fighting the battles that they were fighting 20 years ago. Um, I just wanted to say too that on that note. Jess, you had mentioned that people bring up the 2009 U.S. Open. And when we say people, a lot of those complicit in this are media and how they take. And some of the takes on this have been so bad, like so incredibly bad. And, you know, I could always preface this by saying there's such an obvious lack of black sports columnists um, or people of color generally in sports media. I mean, I've been catching up on some of the takes, a lot of the criticisms, um, not and I won't use the word criticisms. A lot of the reflections were that you know Serena's been treated so unfairly. Even Richard Deitch this morning tweeted or last night tweeted that he had covered 17 U.S. Opens and nobody with that level of resume of Serena, if it was a man, would have gotten the call that she did. So we're clearly, you know, there's clearly something a, a misstep happening here. But I mean, Nancy Armour wrote a piece this morning, and and I can't. It was a Sunday morning, and I can't with it because. There's a mention, and this is where white feminism fails us yet again, again, where you can't talk about Serena and not talk about the racism she faced. What she's had to go through is exponentially worse than other female players have. And I just, I don't know how this cannot be included into the analysis. Somebody explain this, how there's such a gaping hole in this. I don't want to read white people's bad takes on Serena's behavior. I can't even with that. And what she was expected to do better. Like it was just, I thought where Serena needed to be supportive and encouraging with Osaka, she was in the end. And that's what she did. And she stepped up to rule. And that's why she's revered and why Osaka loves her so much. But don't tell me 
that her behavior was unacceptable and even an oppressor. Once someone asked her, how will you explain your anger to your daughter? Someone had the gall to ask Serena this. <sighs> how will you explain your anger to your daughter? Like, I'm sorry. Serena's daughter is also a black woman. Like, she'll understand the anger. That's absolutely justifiable. Mm. And she'll understand it. And she'll get it. Like, I just, I mean, it's like someone telling my daughter, why does your mother get so ragey? I mean, that's a ridiculous question. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Right. And I, I think it was very interesting. Serena kept bringing up on court that this, there was gender disparity and, and the reaction to her. Um, and then she brought it up. Um, very forcefully at the very end of her press conference um, afterwards uh, that she's doing this now so that the women that come behind her don't have to deal with this, which is really, it's a good, powerful moment that you should watch, but also thinking about Osaka, who was 20, a black woman on that court, thinking about Sloane Stevens, who won last year. And especially with Osaka, because she's told us repeatedly that Serena is her hero. And that, like that's why she's playing tennis. Um, and then to think that like Serena's still doing this work and feels like she's doing this work at this at this point in time. And, you know, Serena also brought up what happened to Elise Cornet and the umpire giving her um, or the, her being fined for her shirt. Um, on court that you guys talked about when, when I was gone, um, that, you know, that there are bit, that this is, <laughs> there's a spectrum of issues here that are all related to each other that tennis really needs to work on. Yeah. I think that it's, you know, I just, I keep thinking back to her 2011 U S open too, where she got the hindrance call. And I don't know if you guys remember that. Mm. Um, and one of the things she said when all that was going down is the umpire was Ava as direct, as Duraki, I'm not, I'm not saying that right, but um, and she said something to Ava about how you're doing this to me again. Um, so what happened is she was uh going to hit a forehand, but she screamed really loudly as she was doing it, and she got a hindrance call because it it uh the it something about it you know, uh, when you are making distracting noises and I mean, it was a very loud scream, but it was also once again, a, a call of discretion. And I remember her, her, you know, while she was kind of, uh, going back and forth with the umpire over this, she said something along the lines of you're doing this to me again, or it's always you. And, you know, I don't have this for sure. Like, I don't know that I, I'm not in her head. But what somebody um, brought up was that the umpire in that two, that famous 2004 match that uh, Jess was talking about was Mariana Alves. And she and Ava look very similar and wondering if she felt that it was the same person. And I think it goes to this this feeling that Serena has which is justified in so many ways and that we see boil over in these moments that she is being that this stage has just been such a vulnerable one for her and that she has been wronged on this stage before. And she has also not, you know, in 2009, she has acted incorrectly and has, has told people that, you know, she is, she, she apologized for the threat she gave to the umpire in that match and, you know, we certainly haven't seen anything like that again. This was nothing like that. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it. it's really, I, I just feel for her because I feel her, 
Victim is not the right word, and it's not one I ever want to use <laughs> to Serena or put on Serena. But she feels more vulnerable out there on that U.S. Open Center yeah. court because of these moments in her career. And so I think it's so much harder. It is that much more emotional. And, you know, it's so tough. In 2011, that was, I believe, when she was coming back from her injury from the... um you know, from when she, the pulmonary embolism, and now she's a year back. And there's, there's just so much pressure on her for just existing. And I, I think it's pretty incredible that she was able to very um, clearly kind of see the big picture here, even in the middle of it. And I think it just, it speaks to the fact that she's at a point in her career where she is embracing, I mean, this activism part of her is such a central part of who she is now that, you know, we see that even in her, her toughest moments. And she really is fighting, fighting for everyone, but especially for the Naomi Osaka's, you know, of this world. And the way her response in the trophy ceremony was was remarkable and I love to see it and I that's I'm also not surprised by it like that's she's always bigger when she you know when she needs to be and you know just to clarify my my thing about her the emotions was just I wanted her to get back to the sport not that I faulted her in any way for feeling the way she did about the code the the coaching violation but I just uh, there was by the letter of the law there was a way that you know uh, that he wasn't making that up and um, and clearly she and Patrick are going to have to have some tough conversations and I'm just so over Patrick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you were on Twitter watching this match, one of the things that I saw is many, many, many black women on my feed recognizing that feeling of frustration and expression of what historian Brittany Cooper says, that eloquent rage. And being at a workplace, and even if after you get your vent out, you feel, damn, that was a moment of slippage. Mm. Because I just gave fuel to all my detractors. I just embodied that stereotype of being an aggressive black woman, an angry black woman. Like, I've just done that. And like, I've been in those situations where the outburst came and it, and it came and it came fast and it came strong and it came heavy and it came out. And immediately I wanted to take it back, but it felt so good to like for that moment be allowed a full range of humanity and emotion. And then the immediate moment after knowing that I had just invited, open the door for all of the misogynoir and all of the kind of response that was going to come. And I think some of what we saw with Serena and her attempt to kind of stay fast to what the feelings were, but also find a muted way to continue to move on. For me, I felt like was that moment of damn, like this is the line I crossed because I know that my box is smaller of, of acceptable actions. Yep. Yep. And I know I just stepped outside of that. But that initial moment, that frustration reminds me, if you've seen Ava DuVernay's documentary, Venus Verse, Mm -hmm. there's a moment, a clip from Venus at, I think she was like 16, when beads fly out of her hair and it gets called um, interference. And she's so frustrated at the point of tears. 
And I think about those beads a lot. And I think about this moment. And I think about all the black women on my timeline responding so viscerally to this moment of not only the policing that is done to our bodies, but the way you have to contain yourself. And not only that, but that paired with Naomi Osaka, who, whose blackness is constantly erased in these narratives of her. She becomes Japanese and kind of Japanese American in, in that she has dual citizenship, but she's Haitian. And to have this huge moment for her also be kind of overshadowed by this, when they hugged at the line and kind of cried into each other, it felt like that embrace held centuries of struggle. And for me, that was what is so exhausting about this is because you know the hot takes are coming and you know the analysis and you know that um, there's going to be a lot here. And it feels to me like a very hard moment to navigate because we talk, like we talked about the, you know, coaching call and we talk about the racket we talk about gender disparity and we talk about all of this and the 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 re the reality is that all of those things are happening at the same time as they're still navigating a space that they have literally been in for two decades and I think that to me was wild and I wanted better for Osaka I wanted Naomi to smile and fall at the net and cheer yeah. and I wanted her like I wanted that and she after the match was like it was so hard to stay composed because as a fan I felt so much for what she was going through and her tears and like I it, that was the the weight of it for me and so I think we started with Naomi and we really should wrap up because I want her to have some parts of this moment back so Lindsay yeah, I know you all come here to burn it all down for the stats. So, you know, <laughs> I'm just going to rattle off a few, you know, uh, on the big the biggest match of her career, playing her idol, the person who got her into tennis. She had six aces and only one double fault. That's compared to three aces and six double faults for Serena. She outserved Serena Williams and on break points, she saved. She won four out of the five break points that she had, which is remarkable. (laughs) I mean, that's like unheard of. It's just unheard of. Uh, Serena was one for six. So look, this is a match that should have been all about Osaka's wonderful play. And Serena should have gotten the fair chance to come back at the end. And these two men, especially Ramos, should not have been the story. And yet they were. Once again, Serena has made back-to-back Grand Slam finals just over a year after giving birth and almost dying while doing so. So we have two incredible women and we had two, um, in many ways, it was a joy to watch. And in many ways, as we all, all feel, it is unfortunate how it ended because of what Ramos decided to do in that moment. And so I think we'll leave it there with a congratulations to Grand Slam champion Naomi Osaka and a thank you to Serena Williams for everything that she does. And I'll suck you up and I'll spit you out.